Lord, as we dig into your, as I dig into your word every morning, your mercies are new. There's fresh uh, manna every day for us in your word. And Lord, I just appreciate the time I can spend with you reading the word together. And just thank you, Lord. Thank you. There is no speech, nor there are, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Mm-hmm. Their voice goes out through all the earth, mm-hmm. and their words to the ends of the world. Mm-hmm. Lord, I just thank you that you hear our prayers, mm-hmm. and you hear our hearts mm-hmm. for all of these things we bring to you. Yes. Yes. And I, I just thank you for that. I thank you that you are alive. You are alive in us. Yes. And Thank you, Lord, that your light shines brightest in the darkness. Yeah. And Lord, I thank you that um, when one of my dearest friends who I was so concerned about um, who has diabetes got COVID yeah. um, and her whole family, Lord, you brought them through. Amen. And even thank though they went Lord. through real real darkness and, and she got real deep sickness, Lord, you brought them through and drew them closer to you through it. And so I just want to praise you and thank you yeah. that, uh, that you do these things. Yeah, that we don't right. understand mm-hmm. why somebody does get healed and another person doesn't, Lord, but we have to trust you in the process. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thank you and give you glory for that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are trustworthy and faithful. And Lord, we just thank you so much for this morning and the opportunity to pray and to speak with you, Lord. We thank you so much for that. We thank you that you are listening. We pray this all in your name. Amen. 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 All right. I'm going to invite... Thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining me on that. I'm going to invite Jillian up. so much for Jillian. Thank you for her willingness to come up and share what God's put on her heart to us. And we just pray this morning that she would have boldness to speak your truth. And yeah, we just pray for the Holy Spirit to be speaking through her. And again, a peace and a grace and a boldness to just proclaim what it is that you have spoken to her and now through her. Thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
morning. Can you hear me okay? No. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet. It's okay, you got it on. It's just okay. fine. There we go. There. Good morning, Nathan. Good morning. Really loving this prayer that we're doing before. Message. It's really great. <clears throat> so good morning. I'm Jillian, and uh, my husband Scott and I and our three kids are so blessed to call Anchor Point home. Um, we've been learning through the shift and the Now What series how to listen to God and discern what he's leading us in. And so I feel very privileged to be here sharing what I feel God has showed me over the past few weeks. Today is the third Sunday of Advent and in the third Sunday of our series titled Into Wonderful Light. And we've been talking about how one of the things light does is offer us a clear perspective and we are hoping that by looking at different perspectives surrounding the Christmas story, and as we are moved further into his wonderful light, we will see how Jesus's time on earth brought about hope, peace, joy, and love, and, how our, and we hope that our perspectives will shift more fully onto him. Mm-hmm. This third week, we focus on joy. Uh, During the Christmas season, probably more than any other time of year, we're a bit bombarded with messaging, messaging telling us how we should feel. We should be merry and bright and full of good cheer and that this is the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) And for some, it truly is wonderful and full of joy. And for others, this is a really difficult time of year. And some of us are going to fall somewhere in the middle where we typically really look forward to Christmas, but for, in particular, this year's really hard. Uh, one of the true privileges of living in community with one another is that we get to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And so I know that there are some very heavy things that people in our communities and our families are dealing with. And while I think we all understand that the material things and gifts and other consumeristic-based parts of Christmas are not going to bring us the true joy that we long for, we can get a bit muddled when the really good things like our valued relationships and our good health are also not able to bring us the joy we're seeking. Mm -hmm. But there is good news. Mm -hmm. As followers of Jesus, we are offered joy that has nothing to do with us or our circumstances. So today we're going to look take a look at joy from the perspective of the shepherds, who were some of the very first people to hear the good news that their long-awaited Savior was born. I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into the Word. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, creator of heaven and earth, thank you for the gifts that you bring for Christmas. Thank you that you bring us peace and hope and joy and love. Thank you that you've gathered us here together this morning and that we get to praise you. And Lord, help me speak your truth today. And whatever is not of you just falls to the side. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to read... Uh, from Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, if you have your Bibles. 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her hearts. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The word of the Lord. Within this passage from Luke, there are two different perspectives on joy that I want to talk about. First, although the scripture definitely tells us of the shepherd's joy, it also shows us something far more important. It shows us God's joy. One of the many amazing things Jesus' life does is reveal the Father to us, and it starts before Jesus himself says a word. The story shows us God celebrating that his son has come, that his kingdom has come, and that he is a God who delights in the rescue and the renewal of his creation. This view of a joyful God may be at odds with the caricature of God that much of humanity holds. Character meaning a false image or an exaggerated image of what we perceive God to be like. This is usually based on our own experiences and opinions, and it can be damaging to our relationship with God and with each other. Understanding that God is full of joy is crucial to us getting to know him better. Uh, Dallas Willard says this about God's joy. We should, to begin with, think that God leads a very interesting life and that he is full of joy. Undoubtedly, he's the most joyous being in the universe. The abundance of his love and generosity is inseparable from his infinite joy. All the good and beautiful things from which we occasionally drink tiny droplets of soul-exhilarating joy, God continuously experiences in all their breadth and depth and richness. Jesus' birth is helping reveal God's joy to us. It also begins to reveal that God wants to share his joy with us. We have a creator who wants us to be filled with joy. And that is very evident in the story of the angels visiting the shepherds. Towards the end of his life, Jesus says this to his disciples. As the father loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. 
If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The infinite joy that God himself delights in is our inheritance through following Jesus. Now, that sounds great, but daunting. How can we possibly share in God's infinite joy? Uh, There's a lot of words that translate into joy in the Bible, but the one that we use when we talk about the good news of great joy for all people and the complete joy Jesus offers us comes from the Hebrew word kara, which is joy based in grace and salvation meaning that this car of joy which Jesus brings is in no way dependent on us. And that is very good news. Charles Spurgeon says this, Believers are not dependent upon circumstances. Their joy comes not from what they have, but from what they are. Not from where they are, but from whose they are not from what they enjoy, but from that which was suffered for them by their Lord. So if this amazing joy Jesus offers is not dependent on me and my actions, and I'm a believer and follower of Jesus, why do I still feel despair and sorrow and anxiety and all of the other emotions that seem to be the opposite of joy? And the short answer is that we are human and we live in a broken and sinful world full of sorrow. One description of the Bible is that it is the story of heaven and earth being ripped up heaven, sorry, let me try to. One description of the Bible is that it is the story of heaven on earth being ripped apart into heaven and earth and God's glorious mission to reunite the two once again. Through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we are free to live in this place in between, this place of heaven on earth, where yes, there is still sorrow, but there's also the joy Jesus brings. And the more mature we become in our relationship with Jesus, the easier it is for us to choose joy, to make it foundational to who we are, just as it is foundational to who God is. So the second perspective on joy in Luke 2 is, of course, that of the shepherds. The shepherds, upon receiving the good news of Jesus' birth, were filled with joy. But I would argue, based on the fact that they too were very human, that there were a great many other emotions that they experienced as well. Initially fear, then elation, excitedness, relief, likely some trepidation. They were going to meet their Messiah in person. Confusion at the humble state of their long-awaited savior. Nervous anticipation for what this might mean for them and their people. Sadness for their loved ones who didn't live to see this day. But under all these human emotions, there was joy, fear and joy, confusion and joy, sadness and joy. Scott and I were recently reflecting on last Christmas, Christmas 2020, and like for so many of us, it was not typical in a lot of ways. 
We were dealing with how to gather and celebrate amid restrictions and the awkwardness and fear that went along with this moment in time. Um, on top of that, my family was dealing with a very recent and raw loss of a loved one. And then Scott and I spent Christmas Eve at SickKids where we were told to expect a devastating diagnosis for our daughter. Um, thanks be to God, we left after a few hours with a miraculously healthy child. And when I got home, my father-in-law met us out on the driveway and he pulled me into a huge hug and he asked, are you happy? And I said, yes, I've never been so happy in my life. But in reality, happiness wasn't really the emotion that stuck in the coming days. And I actually remember feeling guilty that I wasn't ecstatically celebratory because I knew we'd been given such a gift. But I am a mother and I am a daughter, and I'm a human with all of the fragility that comes with that. And the roller coaster of human emotions I felt took some time to process. Yeah. But when I look back, there was so much joy, and there still is so much joy when I think about that. Joy in what God has done that I never could have, and joy in the gifts he offers every day if I choose to see them. So I hope to continue growing in maturity and life with Jesus so that when my next trial comes, which it undoubtedly will, I will be able to keep holding joy no matter the outcome. I want to choose to let Kara, joy because of grace, be foundational to who I am so that emotions can come and go, but joy is always present. And so that's how I feel the shepherds felt that Christmas. The very human shepherds, filled with joy, yes, but also faced with the unexpected and confusing gift of their promised Savior finally come, swaddled and lying in a manger. The shepherds were still shepherds after that night. They were still lowly outcasts in their society. Jesus' coming changed nothing of their circumstances, and yet it changed everything. And... I can't help but think that we here now have so much more of the story than they did. We get to look back not only at what God does in our own lives, but all the way back to Jesus' finished work on the cross. And that should help us live in joyful hope. This is not an easy task. We don't choose joy once and for all and be done with it. Joy is a practice. And one of the real blessings I found in preparing for this message is that when I was reading through scripture for the past few weeks, I did so with joy in mind, and then I saw it everywhere. Um, so these are a few verses I thought might be helpful for us. I want to go back to what Jesus prays for his disciples in John 15. As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Joy becomes foundational when we keep Jesus' commands. Our job is to follow him. The Apostle Paul offers us more guidance in Philippians 4. It's one of my favorite passages. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about every, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Rejoice. Give thanks. Pray. And focus our minds on what is true, noble, right, lovely, and praiseworthy. And notice that Paul doesn't say to focus on what is fun or cheerful or even happy. Because the true joy we're given by Jesus isn't dependent on what's going on in our lives. It's dependent on what he did in his life and his death and his resurrection. So I have one final thought to share on making joy foundational. Tom and Josh and the rest of leadership have done a really beautiful job laying out different practices that will help us in our discipleship journey recently. And I want to challenge us to really practice those, in particular silence and solitude, Mm -hmm. especially at Christmas time when there's so much pressure to be busy. This is a bit cliche, but it's important. Remember that this is a time of preparation for Jesus' coming, Mm -hmm. and we have to make time for him. Mm -hmm. So I have a quote from C.S. Lewis who writes, If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. Mm -hmm. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. Mm -hmm. If we want to choose joy, we need to be with Jesus. So I just have a closing prayer and then worship's going to continue, I think, so... I'm going to read to us from uh, just a line from Psalm 51. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. We wait in joyful hope for it. Amen. speechless, Jillian. All right, guys, I think what we're going to do, I'm going to get you guys to stand up. And I want to. I want us to actually just practice what Jillian just challenged us with. To do, we're going to do one minute of silence, and then we're going to sing together about joy. And I would just encourage you to just fix your mind on that, the person of Jesus, that that's, that's who we're trying